do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. If Charles Haddon Spurgeon is justly known as the Prince of Preachers, then with equal justice, Richard Baxter ought to be considered the Prince of Pastors. According to J.I. Packer, Baxter was incomparable in his zeal and effectiveness as a shepherd of souls, as well as the most outstanding pastor, evangelist, and writer on practical devotional themes that Puritanism ever produced. Thomas Chalmers commented that Baxter was the model for the care of parish life and the nurture of covenant community. Even Spurgeon acclaimed him as the wisest guide of the high call of the pastoral office. By all accounts, Baxter was indeed one of the most influential Puritans in the generation following the Westminster Assembly. His life spanned the years from the ascension of James Stewart to the glorious revolution of William and Mary. He was witness to some of the momentous events in English history, the Civil War, the regicide of King Charles, the Cromwell Protectorate, the New England Settlement, the Great Fire, the restoration of the monarchy, and the bloody uniformity repressions. He was a contemporary of John Owen, John Bunyan, Samuel Rutherford, and John Milton. Those were heady and tumultuous days, days that left an indelible mark of change upon the souls of both men and nations. The author of some 168 books, Baxter served variously as a clerk in the court of Charles I, the headmaster of a parish school, a chaplain to officers in Cromwell's army, a chantry preacher to the court of Charles II, and the chief spokesman for the Puritans at the Savoy Conference. But it was as the pastor of Kidderminster that he made his mark. During his greatest prominence, he was offered the bishopric of Hereford, the canonate of St. Paul's in London, and the dean of St. Mary's in Westminster, but he declined each, preferring the quiet life of a parish pastor. Though he was almost entirely self-taught, having been denied the opportunity of reading at the university by uh, impoverished circumstances in his family, he was renowned for his prodigiously rigorous intellect. As a youngster, he made good use of the library of Ludlow Castle. As he later testified, without any means but books, was God pleased to resolve me to himself. The Bruised Reed, a little book by Richard Sibbs, his father, bought from an itinerant peddler, particularly influenced him. The seeds planted in Baxter's heart by that remarkable Puritan presentation of the doctrines of grace would bear evident fruit throughout the rest of his career. When he first arrived in Kidderminster, a Worcestershire a township near the Welsh borderlands, the parish church 
had rarely ever had consistent preaching. Baxter began a very fruitful ministry of preaching and teaching, having an immediate effect. He quickly grew to love the place and the people despite the meanness of their condition. But after just one year, the circumstances of the looming civil war sent him away for five years to minister to the parliamentary troops. In 1647, when he finally returned and devoted the better part of the next two decades to discipling the families of his congregation, he found the place in disarray. It was during this time that Baxter developed the vision and the plan for catechizing, later described in his classic, Gildas Salvianus, or the Reformed Pastor. J.I. Packer asserts that the little book displays Baxter's greatest virtues and gifts, qualities that enabled his vision and plan for Kidderminster, not not only to provoke an extraordinary revival there, but then to have an enduring ministry to ministers and congregations all over the world for generations to come. Baxter's energy is passionate and unrelenting. His enthusiasm is in evidence on every page. Both his rhetoric and his practical counsel are charged with passion for Christ, the doctrines of grace, the purity of the church, the necessity for clerical holiness, the discipling purposes of education, and the high calling of the pastoral office. It is a fearful thing, he wrote to be an unsanctified professor, but much more to be an unsanctified preacher. But Baxter's vision is not merely idealized inspiration or emblazoned ardor. Throughout the Reformed pastor, he applies his energy to the real-world circumstances that pastors and their congregations are likely to encounter He is all too cognizant of the effects of sin and the tug of the tyranny of the urgent. Who is sufficient for these things, he asked. So he did not simply have a vision. He hammered out a plan. He thought strategically about his task and outlined a thorough tactical agenda for its implementation. His plan is biblical, systematic, and perhaps most importantly, duplicatable. The combination of such energy, reality, and rationality has made Baxter's example a great encouragement and enticement to ministerial effectiveness, but it has also afforded us a vision of fruitfulness over the long term. The story of Baxter and his Kidderminster flock does not have a fairy tale ending. After the demise of the protectorate and the restoration of the monarchy in 1660, persecutions were launched against all but established state churches. It was widely understood that religion was the primary influence on the nature and structure of culture. Preaching was considered a powerful force that had both eternal and temporal dimensions. 
Thus, the crown rightly supposed that a faithful exposition of the Bible would have immediate political as well as spiritual ramifications, and as a result, Puritans, Covenanters, Nonconformists were suppressed. Eventually, Baxter was stripped of his pastoral office, driven into private life, and imprisoned. Despite the absence of their pastor and his careful ministrations, the Kidderminster parish continued to thrive. The spiritual vitality of the people did not decline as it had during his previous absence during the Civil War. Rather, the season of refreshment and revival continued over the course of the next several generations. Some men's greatness may be seen how largely they loom over the movements they launched. But greater men are they whose movements loom large over them, even to the point of obscuring them from view. Clearly, Richard Baxter was just such a man. For his vision for the discipling of the good folk of Kidderminster was able to eventually transcend him. He was indeed the Prince of Pastors. And that is both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.com.